the the John Vinci code. Yeah, <laughs> instead of like a flagrant or whatever, it, it's just me hiding my gummy bears. <laughs> you gotta hide gummy bears though, because those are just the um, just the the superior form of candy. I think. Yeah, me. Yeah, me too. I think all other candy is it's some of it's better than others. But the 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 true question though is. Who is your gummy bear uh, dealer? Who's your purveyor of gummy bears? That's a that's a great question. I um I I feel like I've been on a like a a, a gummy uh, journey my whole life to find out what anybody who could match Haribo. To be honest, like I don't know, it yeah. shouldn't be the best, but um uh, they just make the best stuff like yeah the, I, was, I was about to end like this <laughs> if you would have said anything other than haribo <laughs> i'm like black forest black oh, forest I... is <laughs> the best yep what happened? you just disconnected <laughs> yeah no yeah black tomorrow forest. on instagram it'll be like pop saga over yeah but could not agree on gummy bears could you believe forest <laughs> irreconcilable <black>. differences <laughs> it's like so what was it what broke you two up fucking forest man he like black forest gummy bears i just can't get down with that he just said he loves that greasy squish pop saga you know we keep it groovy we talking cartoons books tvs and movies a couple of nerds but got style we so cool pop culture talking new and old school yeah you should know we love hip-hop from the roots ty live shout out to feral munch we giving you what you want it don't get no live ain't no doubt we gotcha this is pop saga let's go oh yeah you heard right this is a lifestyle welcome to the nerd life pop saga Hello and welcome to Pop Saga, where your two pop sagists sit in front of a crackling CRT TV, maybe a little too close, watching cartoons when a toy commercial comes on, a commercial that proclaims us masters of the universe. Which masters, you ask? Well, I am John Kerr, evil robot of John, and I am joined, as always, by Man E. Forrest. Man E. Forrest, how are you doing today? <laughs> Manny forest. <laughs> yeah, there's so many forests in here. There's like a um uh, 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 a spruce <laughs> forest and a redwood forest. They're all very relaxing, is the point, and that's what makes me Manny forests. Oh, I, I well after Cy Forest Diaz, I I, <laughs> I, I had to think of a way to. Uh, throw one of these in there, and I was like, "Which masters would he be?" And I went through it, and I was like, "I, I called you Man at Arms, or Man of Forest, or Forest at Arms, Forest at Arms." And I was like, "I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to call you something different." And I was like, "Manny Forest, of course, of course, of course." It, it, there's so many other great, weird, care uh, he-men, but um, before we get to into that. John, what are we? Uh, what is it we are talking about today? Let's say someone who loves us so much, perhaps our new one or more. I think one, but maybe more dedicated li- listeners out uh, out of Spain. Hello, thank you for listening. Yes. Um, 
I hope no you jokes there. My... It's like yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you for listening sincerely. But I also appreciate. I hope you appreciate my little Castilian lisp there. That one's for you. Um, Probably won't, but it will be fine. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what are we? Uh, what are we talking about today? So we're gonna try something a little different, but should still be familiar anyway. Um, so when we started Pop Saga, the idea was us to uh, the idea was for us to be able to share our love of pop culture with everybody, people who who bask in it, maybe don't understand it. And um, the, the the first one we started off with was Masters of the Universe, the 1987 hit movie starring Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella. And um, we thought it'd be interesting not not to already do a revisit of that. Wouldn't that be fucked up if we were just going to talk about it again? <laughs> we're not even now, that many episodes. Welcome. Like, we're going to go back through it. Actually, yeah. we're going to talk about the episodes where we talked about Masters of the Universe. <laughs> just so kidding. We, so that's going to be a four-parter. And then, no. Um, so what we thought we'd talk about instead was actually uh, a, a big part uh, well, uh, a big thing that I really like is uh, action figures, statues, and things like that. So we're actually going to talk about Masters of the Universe, the toys. Kind of how the toys um, generated the cartoon and then kind of a little bit of the phenomenon it is. Um, we're not going to go super in-depth. There are a couple of uh, documentaries and shows that we could probably mention that if you're very interested, you could watch them. And um, they'll, I'm sure they'll probably get mentioned in this, but we're just going to kind of talk about uh, the toys, which ones we really enjoyed, uh, a little bit of their history, and um, whether I guess it deserves a place in uh, the, the, the halls of Pop Saga-dom. That sound good. That sound right. Or it sounds good I... to me. That sounds perfect. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, first, I guess the biggest question for you, Forrest, is: Did you have any He-Man or Master of the Universe toys growing up? I did. Um, they uh, they hooked me uh, from the get-go. Um, it's uh it's interesting because and and we'll get into it probably more a little bit later but um the he-man property is a little bit like a magnesium flare which is to say that it burned so brightly but in terms of sort of lasting products relatively quickly and in, in its initial run i suppose it's like uh the star trek original series in that way um but it it really kind of i remember it very vividly from the early part of my childhood and then it's something that just like fell away from me so rapidly Mm. um but yes i owned several uh he-man uh and toys. I actually listed out the ones I could uh, remember. Oh, cool. Did you? Oh, yeah. I listed out the... It pretty much when uh, we were talking about this, trying to figure out how do we talk about toys in a in an interesting way, 
Um, I list out the ones that were my favorites because they are the ones I actually owned. And um, I went from it. And I even remember a couple stories of how I got a couple of them. Um, not too crazy, but I, I, I wish I would have held on to a lot more of them. Definitely owned them. I, yeah, I've, I've made no... Uh, I, I didn't hide any... Well, but God, my brain isn't working like it should... Uh, I edit all this out, John. <laughs> this brain brought to you by Hard Seltzer. Hard Seltzer. Uh, you did the uh, health conscious? Maybe. Alcoholic? For sure. Destroy your brain with Hard Seltzer. Yeah. This episode brought to you by Truly's. It truly is a Hard Seltzer. <laughs> it truly wow. is a drink that you can imbibe with your mouth. Not much else. Truly. It's worse truly. than White Claw somehow. Truly. Truly. They have berry flavors. Did you know there's more <laughs> berry flavors than there are actual berries on the planet? Truly. It's all in a can. <laughs> uh, truly. What? what is blue razzleberry? What yeah, is it? Pl- you tell me, it? truly. Please. Why does it just taste like pain? Truly. <laughs> This episode not brought to you by Trulies because they're not going to be a sponsor we should, now. We should definitely turn this podcast into the Pop Seltzer. Pop Seltzer. We keep it groovy. We talk- talking about seltzer and seltzer-based enthusiast products. But got style. We so cool. Pop Seltzer. Talking new and old school. Yeah. You should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty live. Shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no live. Ain't no doubt we gotcha. This is Pop Seltzer. Go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the Seltzer. Life. Pop Seltzer. <laughs> at this point <laughs> what's your favorite seltzer oh man there's so many i like what was the, the what was the one from the fucking 80s new york seltzer i don't like know the, um i remember when i was growing up it was wine coolers it was all oh well, it was of course bartle and james of course bartles yeah. and james yeah cool that and then Later on, it was all like, you know, you get Cisco. And then somewhere they went from seltzers to fucking malt alcohol. Yeah, but I mean, people's faces. Don't you remember Zima? Zima paved the way. They paved the 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 seltzer you drink today would not exist without Grandpa Zima. Ugh. Ugh. Cool bottle. That is all. That's cool the... bottle. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's not that... a cool bottle. That yeah, it is. Sucks. Look at it. take that bottle and then take a look at every other bottle and then you tell me that one doesn't have character <laughs> to it. Okay, it's different. I'll give you that much. Right? Like you know what to avoid on the shelf thanks to that handy bottle packaging you're like oh zima no thank you let me go ahead and grab my bud light (laughs) uh trading one flavor of piss for another Uh, pop seltzer (laughs) all right this has been pop seltzer the new mini podcast within the podcast of uh pop saga i hope you enjoyed pop seltzer
I just had an idea. I'm going to try to see if I can do it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I've not hidden my love for uh, He-Man, Master of the Universe at all on this podcast. And um, so I love the cartoon and I love the toys equally. Um, still do. Like, I always smile when I see, like, the old packages. So there yeah, you I... Um I got mine. I don't, you know, to be honest, I don't actually remember how I got mine. Um, but I know I saw the cartoon first and uh, just really wanted these cool action figures. And I think it was mostly the the commercials because, man, those were very effective commercials. Those the kids in the commercials really looked like they were having a blast and. Um, uh, you know, you, it totally sells you on the concept. But the thing that was so brilliant about He-Man, it was is for a, um, you know, for for sort of a kid brain. Um, you can easily identify the like the the core pillars of the story by just looking at the toy line, and you have like a good guy, and you can tell he's a good guy. Um because of his page boy haircut i guess and his prince valiant haircut yeah right his prince valiant haircut and of course you can tell the bad guy because he is a purple man with a skull face so very obvious from just looking at it and they like there's a castle and that's like all you need to know there's like good versus evil there's two cool swords and there's a castle that's shaped like a skull you have like i'm in I'm in yeah. already. Yeah. It's like, you don't need to give me more stuff, but then you even gave me action features on top of that. Like, oh, man. Yeah. No, I, 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 I dived in, uh, headfirst into He-Man action figures. Yeah, and part of it was that the, the world... So, like, so... Um... I think you could make a lot of comparisons between He-Man and Star Wars just because of the history around uh, why the He-Man toy line was made in the first place. Um, but the, the other thing they have in common is that both universes felt very vast when I experienced them as a kid. Um, He-Man had so many varied characters, and they would show up on the cartoon, and then you could literally buy a physical 3D representation of that character you just saw on the cartoon. Um, and it just had such a vast universe, and like they had so many varied crazy characters that the uh, like you had never experienced anything that was like it at the time that it could you know it com- it was like not only was it a fantasy series but it took place on another realm like another planet so you know there could be sort of more high-tech vehicles mixed with these fantastical elements and i think that was something that at least to me really uh um, drew me in and 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 you know ignited my uh, imagination as a kid. Oh, for sure, the, the blend of magic and technology, and the 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 crazy cast of characters um, that you could pull from. There was someone you were going to like, even if it wasn't like the main hero, or in this case, 
I do argue I think a lot more people like Skeletor than they like He-Man himself, uh, uh, myself included in that. Um, so maybe I'm being biased there, but yeah, the, the, you, you could choose from so many, and that's I, I think I, you're right. I think Skeletor has a much more indelible mark on pop culture uh, than He-Man himself. <laughs> I think Skeletor's his like personality. His look, everything is a little more iconic, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's got um, a skull. Where's you know, he's got a skull. He's buff. He does magic. You know, like, um, not to say that uh, I don't I don't dig the main man himself. He, his moral guidance alone has taught me a little, probably actually cemented a lot in my brain uh, how to be a, a decent person. To be honest. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, Skeletor's Skeletor's awesome. Um, but I wanted to say, maybe uh, for the folks at home who aren't as uh, familiar with this, maybe we should give them a little bit of the origin story. What do you think? Sure, that sounds great. Um, that sounds fantastic. Uh, I, I don't know if you wanna how you wanna go through this, but there are. Um, there are some, I guess, some like some base details we can throw out there. Uh, the line was originally uh, launched in 1982, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was in production all the way up to 1987 uh, before the uh, the sales kind of uh, bottomed out, and um, the the initial line was discontinued. So, five years of toy dominance. Yeah, but like stupid toy dominance. Yes, like you, the 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 last year numbers that they talked about before its eventual decline. That's insane to think that's how much money they made, and um, it's crazy because they uh, watching and reading on it, they really can't pinpoint why that happened. Um, they, there are theories out there, but. I, I, it's probably the sum of all of them, to be honest. The only thing I could think of, because um, it was crazy. Uh, and then we'll, we'll we'll get into. Uh, well, I guess I'll just say it. The um, in 1986, so Masters of the Universe was created by Mattel Toys, which is located in California, um, Hawthorne, California. Hawthorne, California. Shout out to Hawthorne. Hey, you, you, home, home, uh, hometown of He-Man. I can't get mad at you for that. Um, and maybe there's a Quiznos there. Don't know. <laughs> Is um, that a tipping point for you in towns? Kind Is of. Is there a Quiznos? Well, because Quiznos has a pepper bar, so. They are tasty, they are crunchy, they are warm because they told them. Oh yeah, like I like the option. Like I mean, okay, mm-hmm. not not gonna argue with that. They toast their subs, and they have a pepper bar. Yeah, yeah doughboys, we're coming for ya. <laughs> yeah, forget you. Wait, there are other places with pepper. Anyway, let me not get distracted until this becomes pop pepper bar. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, the funny, you know, the really funny thing I I noticed pop sandwich. Reading, Pop sandwich. sandwich. Anyway, oh, go ahead. That'd be fucking good. Anyway, uh, the <laughs> fact that Motel, Mattel Toys is located here in California, where their chief rival Hasbro is located on the opposite coast in Rhode Island. 
I thought I, I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, the original uh, bi-coastal rivalry. Yeah, you thought it was uh, uh, Pacific Bell and AT and T. No, it was Mattel and Hasbro. <laughs> Battle of plastic. Um, yeah, so its final year of. Um, its final year of like stupid numbers uh, for it was 400 million in 1986 it generated in in money for Mattel and then 1987 it dropped to 7 million yeah isn't that incredible Th- um, that is crazy from from three digits to, to one um, so we can credit the creation of these uh of the of the he-man design um to two people primarily it seems like from uh, my research and that is uh roger sweet and mark taylor um roger sweet being the toy designer who uh put a bunch of clay and fringe on a uh big jim doll and uh and created the first He-Man prototype and came up with a He-Man name. And then you have to credit Mark Taylor for coming up with the everything else, which is to say the aesthetics that we uh, know and love today. Um, he designed the look uh, of He-Man and Skeletor and all his uh, cool friends, uh, Man-at-Arms, uh, Beast-Man. He's um, even the one who sculpted Castle Grayskull. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I I like the fact that they seem to both uh, take sole credit for it. Um, when I'm like, yeah, I think both of you had a hand in this for sure. Um, like without one, wouldn't have started the other. Even though it both seems like the love was, it both came from the same love of like, uh, Frenzetta. You know, like uh, yeah, or in Roger Sweet's case, like super the idea. People of musculature um and uh yeah so it was just like this genius idea because they needed a uh like they needed more inroads and into uh toys for um young males and uh, i guess i should caveat that with saying this is what at the time they figured the sort of gender breakdown would be um but they were targeting the head barbie and that was a huge success and they needed more um or they wanted more of a presence in the uh the boys toys market it's a weird (laughs) it's a weird rhyme but um that ain't no crime that ain't that it was a weird rhyme it's not a crime now i am derailing uh, us again on I'm this <laughs> dime oh <laughs> something something dime um so here's something that i thought was interesting before they had uh the phenomenal success which is he-man they their first uh line was called big jim yeah and it was just a a dude who would who would have different jobs from from what i could uh gather yeah, he was like a. I want to be like a knockoff GI Joe, but he's kind of like a knockoff GI Joe. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and and they they were offered the opportunity to make Star Wars t- toys and passed. They said, "We got this big gym guy. He's gonna go gangbusters. Take your war on the stars and and flash Gordon the fuck out of here." Yeah, well, I mean, they all did. It was the the biggest toy companies. All of them passed on Star Wars. Uh, Mego passed. Hasbro passed. It was Kenner who was like almost out of money at that point. Did everything they could to get Star Wars up and going, and yeah, that really bit Mattel in the butt because, but here they go, they pass on this license, and it it, it blew up. And then what did they spend their wheels doing for years after Star Wars was out? Buying up every sci-fi license they could get to try to to recapture that hit. Like, they bought Battlestar Galactica. That didn't go very good. Uh, My favorite's the Clash of Titans toys. Those things are dreadful. (laughs) 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 So, you know, they they, they had... um, What's that called? Uh, God, not not fuck. I can't even think of it. I don't want to be like it's not buyer's remorse. What's that called? When you're just like um, uh, FOMO, I guess. Yes, FOMO they have, FOMO, they have work. FOMO. Fear of missing out, except not um, not the proper amount of fear, since they did uh, they did pass that up. But you you have to give it to Roger Sweet. Um, the fact that he made that original prototype for He-Man and he added an action pose, which is something where you were just talking about Kenner and the Star Wars figures are like the most static sort of like up and down, boringly shaped figures of all time. Now, granted, Mm -hmm. that boring shape has sort of transmogrified into a... Um, into a more of a like uh, what would you like an iconic look, but like at yeah. the time, if very very statuesque. Um, yes, like it was the character, but the character was lacking character. Right, but then yeah. Roger Sweet came in and he created this. He put the character in an action pose, and he put like a sort of a more of a scowl on his face when he made the prototype. And uh, you really have to give it up to him because that's just a genius move to add kinetic, dynamic um, aspects to to so what is what is otherwise sort of a static experience really added character uh, to these toys. Yeah, it it helps with imagination when you know when there's a dynamism uh, happening versus you know just like the very static nature of uh, previous other toys until you started getting into more articulation. Of course, you know like uh, GI Joes and when GI Joes shrunk to their three and three quarter selves, those guys uh, they were like, oh, we're tired of this non-articulation that we're seeing on these Star Wars toys. And they, they kicked it up a notch by giving us bendable elbows and knees and, you know, waist and stuff. But yeah, I think uh, He-Man in the Masters Universe line kind of paved the way for that, saying there could be more to it than just a, 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 a really a, a stiff doll. Yeah, and if you think about it, they weren't too much more poseable 
than those original G.I. Joes and those older action figures, but because they were, like, so crazy yoked and they, uh, like, had these already sort of, like, bent, grasping arms, there's just a lot of more, um, like, uh, dynamic things you could imagine them doing uh, as opposed to the, so the, the more stiff um, action figures that, you know, look just like they are holding a drink most of the time. Right. <laughs> like holding yeah. a drink out. Would you yeah. like this glass of water? I would love that glass of water. <laughs> That's why, I mean, like, this whole line was kind of predicated on you know, a bunch of different people providing input. But like you said, Roger Sweet kind of doing the, the initial work and then Mark Taylor's stuff. Honestly, I wish, I want to kind of see if they ever put out a, a official art book of his stuff because... I think a lot of his designs are killer. Like, I, I was just picturing, like, man, this is 1981 or so, 8081 when he's drawing this stuff, and some of his designs are out there. Um, you know, and it, but a lot of it also was like, well, what do little kids want? You know, and it just, it just played right into the thing that we all. I think more older adults realize it's just like kids' power fantasies of being in charge and, you know, all that stuff. It's just kind of like how, uh, what was the I Have the Power kind of came about, was literally them listening to little kids playing, saying, I have the power, because they're tired of their moms telling them what to do, or their dads telling them what to do. And even the commercials were based around that. I, I, You're doomed, D-Man. Oh, yeah? Watch this action, Dad. Now I have the power. I thought that was really funny. He's like, I have the power now, Dad. Give me your wallet. Give me the car keys. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Give me the car keys. I have the power to... I mean, really, that's... Just don't, don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't do, do that, that at all. It'd be funny, though, if you're just sitting there like, I have the power. It's like, oh, you have the power, then you can pay rent. I'm out of here. Yeah. I have the power to yeah, buy you, a pack you can have of the cigarettes. Power bill. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Keep you from watching cartoons all day. Ungrateful yeah. little, little scamp. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what. Don't Terrible know. little family unit, a fake family unit we've uh, built in our uh, imagination scape. Um. But yeah, I think but, you mentioned this earlier, but mm. obviously inspired by Frazetta, uh, yeah. such an influential artist, uh, you know, in general, but uh, definitely inspired He-Man. Um, and so uh, let's, do you want to talk about the, the first eight figures that they released? Yeah. So in 1982, they put out eight figures, and I guess we should say that during their discussions with different retailers they um that's why they sort of had a comic at first and uh and a cartoon because after. yeah after because shortly after because yeah. uh they went to uh what was that crazy store called that doesn't exist anymore it's like a child uh, land or something child's world yeah. Yeah, whereas the, they had the creepy ass Halloween Panda. 3. Yeah, dancing. Like, well, it just, it, the the Halloween 3 sounding theme song, like, oh, sure. Child's <laughs> World. 
Child's world, we're not gonna Merle your child. You're like, what? Did they say Myrtle your child? Was it maybe? That doesn't even, I mean, it's not a word and, but I am it's, threatened. Myrtle is, I think, murder and muddle at the same time. So they're gonna Myrtle, myrtle your child is murder your child by muddling. Mm, yeah, okay. That's terrifying. Let's move yeah, on. Right. Anyway, but yeah, they, they went to them and said, Hey, we have this figure. They're like, we love it, but how do kids know the story? Because, you know, Star Wars, everyone knew the story. And they're like, well, what's going to come? And cartoons helped. And they were finding cartoons helped. Um, but at that time, they were like, well, we have a comic book. They're like, oh, okay, that's cool. But then when they tried that shit with Toys R Us, Toys R Us is like, what's the age group? Oh, kids don't read. And they're like, yeah. oh, well, we're going to have a cartoon too. And. Yeah. <laughs> And so the cartoon was born, and uh, He-Man became the very first cartoon first, and uh, or sorry, toy first, and then cartoon to advertise the toys, basically um, type product line, and it would be mm-hmm. it would be copied endlessly um, hereafter. Yep. But so as so they did they launched with the uh, comic books first, and the cartoon shortly thereafter. And they launched with these eight figures, four principal characters, and then of course they needed four minions because everyone's gonna want the um, you know the the main hero and the main villain, um, but they're also gonna need several other toys to play with. So, uh, John, do you have that list ready? Yeah, uh, I let's see if I can just come up with, with it from the top of my head. Fantastic. I have the brawl written down, so I will right. uh, fill in any gaps, which I don't think there will be, and well, we'll uh, see. make any cornition, uh, corrections as necessary. But please, go ahead. All right, and this this is true, folks. I'm just going to try to remember this, because Forrest uh, uh, does his homework, and he puts things down like that, and I don't ever do it. My notes are as scattered as I am, hence the show. Anyway, um, <laughs> to be fair... The new She-Ra cartoon taught me something today that I'm going to use from 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 here to life on out. Don't do something because you're don't don't do not do something. Don't how, how do I explain? <laughs> the lesson is already lesson being applied. Is lost. I can tell. No, is do not not do something because you're not good at it. it do something because you have fun with it. There you go. Yep, that's the pop. Yeah. We have that. Uh, emblazoned over the pop saga studios <laughs> that's it it's very very worthy okay he-man skeletor mm-hmm. man-at-arms tila mm-hmm. yep i'm just waiting for you to stop me yep um, yeah, yeah, yeah keep going beast man mm-hmm Ram Man? Mm. No, boop, boop, no. Boop. God, to have that sound effect. Why did I do it with my mouth? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, um, hold on. Now, he must have came wave two. Um, Zordak, I know, is one of them. That's correct. It's Zodak, I think. Zodak. But. Zodak. I, I never owned him because I always thought he was, like, just the imitation He Man. Which <laughs> is like He Man with plastic, like like hard plastic shell. Yeah, like a hard candy shell. 
Zodiac sucks. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is it Merman? Uh-huh. All right, so... No, he didn't come till later. I, I, I will say that you're missing just a single character... And it, it is perhaps it is the character that when I saw this list I said what? <laughs> no, Who the fuck is this? It wasn't. I keep going. I keep going like it. I keep thinking of later ones. Um, fuck. Uh, I, I I'm I'm blanking because I know it's not a. Uh, I know it's not evil in. I know she didn't come to later. I'm sorry. Yes. No, that's not it. Uh, the correct answer was Stratos, the oh, Birdman. Stratos. That's right. God damn it. He was the first wave. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. You know what? I feel pretty good trying to just guess that from my brain. Oh, you I'll did t- fantastically. I, I would not have gotten this. I would have not guessed Zodak. I would have not guessed uh, Merman. I don't remember those guys very well. Oh no, they were the, they were the like the initial ones. You you could kind of tell. Um, you always tell Merman came before Stinkor. It's the same body, but <laughs> same head and stuff. But you know. Oh man. I, Stinkor is a, a a fun guy. Yeah. Apparently, I, I, so uh, I would say that anyone interested in this topic should go check out the Toys That Made Us uh, series on Netflix. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, pardon? Or I was gonna say, there's another actual documentary on Netflix you could watch too. Okay. What? What? Is, which is that? The Power of Grayskull. Oh, it's another one right. that talks about the toys. So you yes, and they um, they get much more in depth um, and and talk about the connections to Conan and and they definitely cover a lot more. But if you're looking for a quick hit, forty five minute experience, uh, that uh, that the the toys I they made us uh, toys <laughs> the toys they made us the oh, Pinocchio no. story. Um, no, <laughs> the toys that made us uh, is a great distillation of the story um, into forty-five minutes. Yeah, it's probably uh, uh, a little bit more real, while the power of Grayskull is a little bit more idyllic. Yeah, uh, right. I just think it's the level of cursing that you get from the toys that made us. And it sounds like yeah, I I feel like that's how you all were in like the boardrooms and shit versus the power of gray skull which which was a great one i loved watching it um because it was just like he man is a cross of a guy who goes to a bar and kicks ass with a galahad syndrome that was like pretty much the the main line that i picked up from that one i was like eh, fair, <laughs> enough. fair enough yeah it, it, it uh there was a lot of focus on this guy could kick the ass of anybody, and that was a very important uh, aspect to his character. But I don't think you could possibly have told uh, that from the cartoon. The cartoon, we're going to save the cartoon talk for when we do the cartoon, because um, it deserves its own series of episodes. I'm going to promise right now. Uh, I can't wait to dive back into that cartoon. 
Oh yeah, it's gonna be painful. I'm gonna hear Forrest complain about it the whole way through. He's like, "This fucking cartoon sucks." <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't have to worry. Uh, I also have a tremendous amount of nostalgia for the uh, the He-Man cartoon, so this Ooh. will not be a fantastic Mr. Frump type um, debacle <laughs> where you have uh, you have me. Um, very much in the camp of a uh, of a uh, you know over uh you know a very much middle-aged man talking about <laughs> a cartoon <laughs> from your childhood and being like i don't know they are uh, story beats just to do it for me these characters aren't believable um, which <laughs> is a <laughs> why is he so frumpy <laughs> this character's motivations are completely unheard uh, um, <laughs> So yeah, it will not be. It will not be that. Um, but I mean, it, if if the toy line, which did very well its first year out before the cartoon uh, came to be, it did even better once the cartoon came out. But yeah, oh my god, your, by like, leaps and bounds, even before the cartoon, it did um, more than than uh, twice as much business as the, as they had projected. Yeah, I think they were like, "We're gonna make three million, and instead it made like twelve or something. Well, no, they said that I think they were going to make. Um, I have, I believe, I have it written down here. You probably have it. I'm just going off of memory, folks. That's part of my bad notes. Your well, your memory, your memory is usually better than my uh, notes. But the initial, I don't, I don't have written down the initial projection, but I think it was something like thirteen million and it did 38 in its first year damn 1982 it made 38 million no ip is attached to it so original ip nothing in the theaters nothing on uh nothing on tv and it made 38 million jesus and then yeah let this be pop saga's message to all you creatives out there people making games people making movies people making tv shows um look at this success granted it was almost like a fluke but they took a lot of inspiration from existing material but basically made something out of nothing Mm-hmm. And it's an indelible mark on uh, on the pop culture landscape. Not to give away if it deserves to be in the uh, pop saga, or sorry, the pop. <laughs> I'm already uh, referring to our show like it matters. Um, the <laughs> pop culture landscape. <laughs> it's the realest thing that's been said all year. <laughs> anyway, it's it, it of course it deserves to be there, and um, uh, you know, I I think a lot of this podcast is based on nostalgia, and I like revisiting things uh, again and again, and having different creative people lend their voices to um, a property and a universe. But we need new stuff too. So yes, we do. I, I want to say that that Pop Saga is a uh, is a champion of of a new original interesting voices and uh, properties as well as uh, as well as indulging in um, the heady drug which is which is a nostalgia. Hook it up to my veins. Put it in there. Yeah, it makes you feel good. It's very comforting. It's like yes, it does. 
it's like uh it's like having a a lot of mashed potatoes and mayonnaise (laughs) okay note to self don't eat forrest's mashed potatoes (laughs) i'm just kidding y'all i only did that once and it wasn't well i mean it does add fat it's fine anyway yeah so does butter or sour cream yeah, if you if you read that putting mayonnaise in there is a good substitute, it's not. So uh, learn from me; it's not good. Yeah, um, put the normal. But yeah, shit it's in comfort there. food. It's comfort food is what I what I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah, order a big old plate of nostalgia. Wash it down with some good memories. But you have to celebrate the, um, you know, to a certain extent the uh, the originality of this uh, of this product. Yeah, 100%. There's so much from it that has helped me as a sometime creative person um, think of things or or pull inspiration from, um, helped cement my love for all things barbarian. Um, I love Conan. And, uh, you know, and it's not like I was four years old watching the Conan movie first. Now I watched... You know, He-Man, and then uh, He-Man was the gateway drug into Conan, and then a bunch of the other, like, uh, barbarian characters, and, you know, uh, fantasy, and everything that kind of goes along with it definitely comes from the Masters Universe uh, toys, the cartoon, you name it. And I don't know about you, but I did not see Conan at four, but I definitely remember seeing Conan at an age that was probably a bad idea. <laughs> oh, no. I used to watch Conan, like, not much later. When it was out here, it used to play on um, uh, Channel 44. Like, you know, they edited it Right, it out, the edited but... version. Because that... I saw the whole, like, you know, uh, the whole uh, pea soup with body parts in it, Conan. <laughs> Oh, see, so yeah, you, you were, uh, you were, you were steeped in that lore. To be fair, I saw Freddy Krueger at an age probably most kids shouldn't see Freddy Krueger. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, Conan was just one of those things I didn't, yeah, watch till later. Um, but not by much, you know, because it was just like He Man, but you know, without Skeletor. But you know, Tulsa Doom was equally scary to me. And uh, when he turned into a snake, spoilers, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> did, and, so, did you know that, like, maybe, I think it's like, I think it's like two or three episodes ago now, um, uh, the episode w- Dark Forces, uh, Thanos drops by and spoils the entirety <laughs> of the end of, or no, we spoil talking about Thanos. Uh, the entirety of Endgame <laughs> sans spoiler warning. Oh, did we? Oh, well. So, uh, retroactive spoiler alert. If you listen to the Dark Forces episode, <laughs> be warned that the, <laughs> if you haven't seen Endgame yet, movie's ruined. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, a proactive spoiler. Or no, uh, not even a preemptive. Uh, a, a reactive spoiler. Retroactive. Spo- a retroactive. Yes. There you go. I'm like, I have words, but truly is taking them from my brain. <laughs> um, 
yeah, sure. It was the same. Like, there, there was another spoiler where I was just like, you know, something from almost 30 years ago. I think the point 30. I was like, yeah, at this point, if you haven't seen it, I don't. I think spoiler warnings do not account or don't count um, or are not needed. But in yeah. this case, yeah, Tulsa Doom turns into a snake. Spoilers. Uh, and scared the shit out of young John. So there you go. Yeah. But, uh, so it it really did act as like sort of a friendly way um to sort of on-ramp on ramp kids onto those uh those fantasy franchises and mm-hmm. um it, it, it's it's surely uh left a, an indelible mark on my uh like my formative imagination and probably has a lot to do i think a lot from like a color palette perspective um uh with the choices I make today as a as an art director. Um ooh wow. That was a burp in my throat. <laughs> and it came I just opened my mouth and it was like there is a uh weird uh uh guado living in, in my esophagus. But open your stomach. Open open you had falafel for lunch. Jeez. Oh, oh, oh God. Why? Somebody shoot me. This is terrible. Um <laughs> But um let's talk a little bit before we talk about our personal collections, before we yeah. we jump into the Pop Saga toy box, let's talk a little bit about the downfall of uh he-man because like we said at the top it lasted it went really strong um for five years and then fell off a cliff so um from my research there are competing theories as to why this is the case um did you uh, did you stumble on any uh good ones nothing that like i said a little earlier nothing that i i would say one would be the definitive answer um, for it, like I, I, I think it's probably a sum of a lot of them. Um, yeah, this is truly a case of uh, careful Icarus. You know, maybe they flew a little too close to the sun. Um, and uh, yeah, I think to me, after my research, it it basically the the thing that made the most logical sense to me was uh, the oversaturation of the market um, by all the they just were just putting out whatever um they possibly could and of course then it didn't help that they they then fired the longtime uh creator roger sweet and then uh you know put everything on sale so they completely devalued the brand yeah i think that's a big part of it i i know one thing i don't prescribe into is that they were some of them were blaming uh, the creation of She-Ra for taking away from those sales, which I w- what I found really interesting was the fact that like twenty five percent, thirty percent of their sales were actually uh, girls, which I think yeah, is awesome. That's nuts, and that's in the initial sales. That's not lifetime. The initial yeah, sales twenty percent uh, accounted for um, uh, girls, so. It just goes to show that I think sort of um, the the assumptions that were made by uh, or made about toys and sort of like what gender they would appeal to, I think were really 
proven false in that instances because this was before she was created there was no girl focused uh he-man property it was just these muscle-bound dudes and tila and evelyn and, yeah but tila was a popular and evelyn were both popular figures for boys as well so yeah it definitely didn't you know normally there there's a real negative term uh, when you're out and uh, collecting action figures, which they're just usually referred to as peg warmers. And if it's outside of collectors, so like myself, I don't have a problem. I'll buy f- figures. If I, I collect who I like. That That's the type of collector I am. I don't buy full sets of everything. I just buy who I like, and I go from there. Um, but, you know, a lot of kids are like, Ooh, no, I don't want that. That's a girl. You know, I don't want that Black Widow figure. That's a girl. So then there's a bunch of Black Widow figures on the pegs. But in this instance, you couldn't keep Tila or Evelyn on the shelf because it was just as popular as everything else. And it went into their state of play. I mean, so much so, the original designs for She-Ra were spawned from Tila. And because they were thinking that the the original princess, uh, Princess of Power was going to be uh, a, a Tila spinoff show. That's how popular she was, which is, you know, I find really interesting. I love Tila. I think she's a great character. Um, so, yeah, think about that. That that level of market saturation will account for four hundred million in sales. Um, but then the dip from four hundred million to seven. That that stinks to me of yeah supply i don't want to say supply chain issues but the fact that uh you couldn't get the original characters anymore so you were getting a bunch of the newer auxiliary characters it wasn't like they kept printing he-man or making he-man and skeletor figures they were just the variants so you couldn't get the original characters right I think that- they didn't focus enough on their core cast and uh, and went too far in these other these other directions of these minions and and very various ancillary characters. Right. I, I think also just part of it was you have to also look at what was the height of other toys, and I think GI Joe was doing gangbusters, and GI Joes were cheaper. They were smaller, but they they came with just as many, if not more, vehicles. I mean. Hasbro figured out real quickly where they made their money wasn't off the figures, it was off the vehicles. And, you know, so... Yeah, I think that's where people were starting to gravitate towards during that time. I I think it was a bunch of stuff. But yeah, definitely getting rid of your original concept person. Um, The fact that, uh, was it... Uh, Mark Taylor left because of all the new goofy characters as he called it they were making it's not serious anymore um it just there was a lot of um i think a lot of contributing factors to the fact that it just kind of fell out of favor um you know and then the movie they were banking on helping them but the movie which you know again we talked about i love um doesn't really have a lot of that recognizable, you know, like characters outside of He-Man, Skeletor, Man at Arms, you know, Tila and Evelyn. All the other characters. I mean, none of them look like their uh, cartoon counterparts. So, if that, I I always figured if that movie would have came out in 1986, 
I think the line would have lasted a little bit longer. But even then, the cartoon would have still been going, and the the I think we don't want to necessarily uh, relitigate this, but um, the the big failing of the movie was to sort of uh, not. Um, you know, not respect the source material a little bit more, or maybe be too adherent to the original comics, and that just wasn't what He-Man was anymore. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's, that's a good point. It's an interesting thing to say that probably Masters of the Universe is closer to the original intent of the Masters of the Universe line than the actual cartoon, but the cartoon had a, a, a wider appeal. Um, so that's where a lot of people knew them from versus the mini comics. Uh, that's a good point. So let us roll into, uh, the pop saga toy chest. Um, John, why don't you start? Tell me the figures that you had, including vehicles. Okay. Um, so let's see. I had, well, of course, uh, He-Man and Skeletor. Uh, I had uh, Faker, which I love, which was the evil robot version of He-Man. So it's just a blue, uh, a blue-colored He-Man with orange hair and a, a tape deck sticker underneath his his chest. But he had like, um, so he kind of had like a Skeletor's body and uh, armor, but it was all orange and blue. Um, Roboto, or Roboto, however you want to say it. Um, that I loved him because when you moved his arms, the gears in his chest would move. Um, you want me to keep going? You want to throw in here? I can. I, I, I can. I'd say uh, let's hear them all. Okay. So uh, man, e faces. Uh, I love the action feature of being able to twist the top of his head and getting a different kind of character from monster to robot to man. Um, I like the fact that he was an actor. That was like his origin. So I was like, oh. <laughs> that is like, funny. Um, Ram Man. Fucking dope. Uh, Cyclone. He's the one that you could spin the back. And he twisted like a tornado. Um, Webstore. He's like the spider one. I mm-hmm. liked him because he had a little uh, wire in his back that he could go up and down with. Uh, too bad, which was the two-headed figure that had the arms that could punch each other. <laughs> right, punch himself in the face. Uh, let's see, uh, battle armor, he man. Um, that was the battle damage one, where hitting his chest would do the different damage action. Uh, man at arms, and then hold on, uh, hurricane hordak. So this is when the evil Ooh. horde came. Out. So it wasn't it wasn't normal Hordak. A Hurricane Hordak had a straight arm that had like a little uh, peg that you could put in like a blade and t- spin it. So it spin the front of his hands because uh, Hordak, who was the he was the head of the evil horde, which he was the uh, Skeletor's master. Um, that's kind of like their little story. His whole thing was his he could morph his body parts into different stuff. So that's what that kind of mimicked. And then um, a Rio Blast, 
which was the guy who had guns in his thighs and his chest and his hands. He was just, he's like a cowboy. <laughs> that guy is insane. Yeah, I love a real blast. And then um, Thunder Punch He-Man, which was one of my favorites, which is the cap gun He-Man. Pretty much you would put a roll of caps in his back, twist him, and as he punched forward, it would pop a cap. Like he was punching him with thunder. Uh, uh, Vehicle-wise, I had Stridor. I had the um, the shark one that I'm blanking on. And then I had a um, little Sky Sled. But I did own um, Castle Grayskull, which I found on the street. So I might have stole some kid's Castle Grayskull. <laughs> it was just there on the either he got I mean, tr- what do you think i mean look at this point if you're listening to pop saga and you lost it near germania street circa 1986 87 um either your mom was really mad at you and threw it out or you left it there i apologize i took it but i had a lot of fun with it um and then snake mountain which i've got at a um a secondhand store but everything works so the little microphone worked and all that stuff wow those that's those, incredible yeah those are the main ones i remember i know i had a few more um i never had a tila i never could get an evil in um but yeah those are the ones i got so um i had a few of those uh i had he-man of course the original uh he-man i think everyone did um uh, and then skeletor as well i loved his squishy head uh, they all had like great squishy heads so that was fun to like make them like <laughs> push it in the sides of their head and like and see it pop out that was fun to do as a kid um i had evil in so uh uh up your nose with a rubber hose my friend because she was great um I had uh, Man at Arms. I had Buzz Off. Oh, I had Buzz Off. There you go. Yeah. And uh, I had Blade from from the movie, the movie based uh, He Man uh, figurine. And the the only vehicle I had was Battle Cat. Oh, thank you. I skipped him. Battle Cat slash Panther. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I had I just had Battle Cat. Um, uh, slash cringer. Um, but, uh, yeah, so not, not a huge collection. Um, we didn't have a ton of, uh, extra money. Sounds like living in the city was definitely nice for you because you had a, a little access to, to, to some secondhand awesomeness. I definitely coveted, um, that Castle Grayskull set and, uh, and of course the, uh, the what is it called snake mountain <laughs> yeah snake mountain uh the little microphone thing was always something i would see on commercials and just be so jealous that i couldn't um be my own uh uh skeletor but um could, i mean could you believe the price now that's the thing i didn't know how much that thing cost but then when i saw how much they were charging for it back in the day it just it, it made me wish there was a time machine that I could just go back with like 200 bucks and buy everything like I ever wanted. Yeah. It was, it was $20. Seriously. 
twenty dollars for Castle Grayskull. Well, like now I can't even buy like a a Funko Pop that's cheaper than like twelve bucks. Ugh. Yeah, it's so true. And uh, even in nineteen eighties dollars, even adjusted for inflation, that was still a great deal. Um, and and the price of the premium that Nostalgia Nets use these days is uh, substantially higher. Um, so those are those are the uh, figures that we owned. Um, but I wrote down a couple that were just some of the some of the most like batshit crazy He-Man figures they they produced. So um. Do you remember any of the, your your craziest ones? I mean, you said you had Real Blast, and that was definitely on my list. This totally out of place Wild West uh, sheriff looking dude who had guns that came out of his chest and thighs. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it was it was weird, and he fucking held guns. He even had the same He Man esque haircut. It it was weird. I think if I remember the comic book correctly, he was supposed to be his brother, or he might have been his brother or his cousin or something. I I, I I'll I'll have to look into it. Editor John here. Rio Blast was a friend of He Man, who, for added Western stereotypeness, was particularly keen on cooking chili. But, but yeah, he was nuts. But I love that figure. <laughs> Oh, what about Fisto? Oh, of course, Fisto with a big ass fist. Dude. Yeah, he was a mustachioed fancy man uh, with a big bloody fist and what can only be described as a purple dildo shaped sword. Well, yeah, I mean, most of them were all colored oddly, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, Merman had a corn cob. Uh, sword. People right. never give him shit for that. I was like, he's from the sea. He's not a not a corn farmer. And of course, who could forget Moduloc? The oh, Moduloc villain. Moduloc was cool as shit because you could make up like you could make up so much crazy shit. You could build so many different versions of him. It was nuts. Yeah, I like Moduloc. And, so far, uh, you're not naming any weird ones. I think they're all great. I think these are totally weird. Like, what about Leech? He-Man body, suction cub face. Oh, yeah. That was a... He came from... Um, let's say, like, he was uh, from the evil horde. Right, of Try, course. I, I know, it, hey, this is how I pull it. The, the, the ones I always thought were weird were, uh, were the uh, snake... Uh, the Snake Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cobra Khan was alright, because he could he squirt water at you. Um, but, like, uh, what, King Snake? Well, what the fuck was his... Oh my god, what was his snake? It was the one where pretty much he had, like, a plastic shell top that it would split apart, and it was just, like, a bunch of snakes underneath. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, a bundle of snakesmen? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, god, what was Is his name? Is it Tongue Lasher? I don't know if it was Tongue Lasher. No, he was the he he the God, yeah, Tongue Tongue Lasher was uh God no, what was it? No no no. Uh no Tongue Lasher was cool because he had a tongue that he could lash people with. Oh really? Uh, wow. <laughs> 
just in case for the folks at home wondering. <laughs> yeah, sure. Anyone who couldn't figure out from the name Tom Glasher that that guy had a tongue that lashes people, congratulations. <laughs> Your confusion has now been lifted. It's been absolved. Uh, you're hey, I'm glad to help. Glad to help. Oh, it's gonna kill me. Well, um, uh, King Hiss, leave. King Hiss, King oh, Hiss, ladies and gentlemen, King oh. Hiss. He pulled it out. Yeah, that one because it just he just broke his top apart and it was just like a three-headed giant snake. Two snakes for his arms. That snake inside. Um. Was I always thought uh, uh, Mantena, man? Yeah, I think it's Mantena. Again, folks, I'm just trying to remember this from my brain. Um, it was the one that had like the goofy eyes that would pop out. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. weird and like he was like a stress doll, except a He-Man figurine, and yeah. he looked. I mean, he looks like nothing. It's just a bunch of. Uh, bunch of fins and ears like globbed onto a piece of clay yeah no he he was he he is odd he is how about odd. uh snout spout oh they, that was the elephant one mm-hmm. the, just regular he-man body with the elephant face yeah no he was weird like uh, he yeah he was really weird um grizzlore Oh, that one was furry as fuck. That's another evil horde bad guy. It was like what Beastman probably should have been, but mm-hmm. well, you saw from that hair. that documentary um, that uh, yeah, he was supposed to just be a bear, basically. <laughs> Originally, yeah, Beastman was. What, yeah, that's what like Grizzlor is, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's kind of he's like a triple with uh with legs, and Stratos sucks. I don't know if I said it when we were talking about it, but Strato, Stratos, even when I was a kid, I was like, nope, pass. <laughs> it's like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, no, he's a little... He, he, I mean, it's a cool idea. Just how they did his... Uh, how they did his wings did him dirty. What did you think of Extendar? Well, he extends, so congratulations, uh, Extendar. Um, it does what it says on the tin. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I would say probably, though, the weirdest one you already mentioned was uh, Modulok. Yeah. Um, he, I think weird in probably the coolest way uh, possible. Clawful, maybe, is up there, too? Clawful was just awful. Yeah, what about... Stinkor. Stinkor was, I think he actually um, smelled I, bad. He did. They put little. Uh, uh, they put. Um, so there's a bunch of rumors. Uh, some of it was so rumors. They're just not saying what was put in there. Some people were like they put this stinking uh, shit in the plastic. They put something in the plastic where you can't wash the stink off of Stinkor. Uh, I kept reading it was just. Um, uh, patchouli oil um, that they just poured into the plastic and it's just kind of baked in there for all of mankind. Um, yeah. Based on the uh, documentary I saw, they said they had the, these special little beads of stinky smell that they melted into the raw plastic. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he ever... He, he didn't... To me, he didn't, like, reek. He just had a funky like 
uh, incense shop. Like, he just smelled like Hate Street to me, so... <laughs> Take okay. that forever, Will. Um, okay, right. He, he, he was a reuse body. You know, they did that for a lot. That helped with retooling, but, like, he was, like, merman. Smelled like a um, fish concert, is what you're saying. Yeah, but not like the good smell. None of the na 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 na. More like the. I didn't wash my hair for like four days. Well, the. Less snoop, more more (laughs) fish, I guess. (laughs) pH there. Like Um, a fish concert, but they weren't pH balanced. Right. That's the thing. And, uh,. Of course, uh, we couldn't. We would be remiss without um, mentioning Laser Power He Man uh, with his lightsaber sword. Yeah, that was the last. Him and Laser Light Skeletor were the last figures. Um, and good luck trying to find them. They were even hard to find because they came out eighty fuck eighty eight, and they are like some of the hardest ones to find. And yeah, no, no lightsaber. It didn't even really look like He Man. Like, have you, have you, did you take a good look at him? Yeah, it has weird yeah. mold lines on the front, and uh, you know his lightsaber is is considerably less uh, technologically advanced than the ones you find in Star Wars because he's got like a big old backpack and a lot of like wires running to it. Um, you know. Probably because batteries, but uh, looked real bad. Yeah, it wasn't that great. Yeah, maybe um, those are some weird ones. I always thought Moss Man was weird. I right. liked the flockness on Panthor, but like on Moss Man was just weird. Yeah, that was a weird. We have this sort of like uh, this texture. Let's use it on uh, on someone, and um, you know, I think a lot can be said about He Man and the toy line, but. They really only had one black character. <laughs> which yeah, is... and, he, and he was one that I always was a Climor, uh Clamp on. Champ. Clamp Champ. I had something with C in it. Yep. Good old Clamp Champ. So, not great. I mean, you got plenty of blue and purple and uh, other uh, orange characters, but, uh, you know, could do a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, he came later, too, so it wasn't even like he was... He's not like, Gen 1. Yeah, he's not like, you know, this came out in 82, so like he came out in 83. No, it was like, 87, Clamp Champ, we're going to be progressive. <laughs> cool, guys. Will, yeah, Thanks. but what we will give you is a bunch of eggs that turn into little dinosaurs, because reasons. <laughs> yeah, who cares? We'll give you some rock people. That's what we'll give you first. Um, yeah, the fucking rock lords. And uh, He-Man try- was they tried to reboot uh, He-Man a couple times. Yeah, they did the. Um, let's see, see if I remember this, I'll be uh, be golden. Was the New Adventures of He-Man, which the space uh, one, right? The space one that was all the art was done in like Korea or Japan, like literally one of those regions. So it looks completely different than the uh, filmation art. Yeah, and, he's uh, like a that, ponytail guy. He's got a cool pony, ponytail. Yeah, ponytail. Eternia is a spaceship. Um, it's funny. I I thought I really liked that cartoon until I rewatched it recently. Fell asleep 
um, I was like, oh man, that wasn't very good at all. It, it had like none of the charm. Um, the toys, they, they tried to relaunch the toys too, but they weren't even to the old proportions. They were different proportions. Um, I remember Skeletor being creepy. Actually, Laser Light Skeletor was the precursor to that Skeletor. Anyway, just some nerd collector knowledge for you. Um, yeah, that didn't work. And he had his, uh, Laser Sword, which was the same thing, Laser Light. Laser Light He-Man or Laser Sword He-Man was the precursor to that He-Man as well. But not very good. Um, the toys had action features, though. Yeah, that's somewhere all right. I like the deep sea diving one. And then, uh, let's see, they did uh, uh, Masters of the Universe. It's just called 2000X, usually. Yeah, um, the, the was, 2002 reboot. Yeah. They, 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 yes, 2002 reboot is just referred to in certain circles as 2000X. Um, yeah, and and the figures were praised, but the uh, the line and the cartoon, which most people agree is good, uh, were short lived. Yeah, only a few seasons. The last season, I think, brought introduced the Snake Men. Um, the toys were uh, designed by the Four Horsemen, which is a group of um, what do you call it? A group of uh, X. Uh, I think they worked at Mattel and a few other places. These uh, these four guys. I know one of them. One of their names is Corn Boy. That that's all he goes by. But they were the ones who did the sculpting for uh, that Masters Universe series, which I I I dug the toys. I thought it was a cool uh, uh, nod or homage to the original series while giving you some really uh, cool designs. I did. I never liked that power sword though. I thought the power sword looked stupid, um, but I thought the figures were good. It looks real the, bad. Yeah, I mean, it just it wasn't that great. But the uh, cartoon, I I enjoyed. Like uh, Skeletor's origin in that is really good. And then um, the four horsemen got another bite at it when they were uh, originally the ones that do the Masters of the Universe classic line. So, without a cartoon or anything, um, a lot of these big toy companies have figured out that there's a whole sub-market of people with disposable incomes, which will buy nostalgia-based things that remind them of a better time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, without a cartoon or anything, they launched the uh, Masters Universe Classic line. And um, originally, the four horsemen were the ones that kind of did that. And they all they were were just re- they weren't just like remolds; they were actually new molds, but they had the classic appearance, so they looked like the characters from the old Filmation series, but with updated articulation. That line fell into Super 7's hands, which is a toy company out here in the Bay Area. Who oh, I, I I love their stuff. I I buy too much of their stuff, and um. They, they did the classics line for a long time, including putting out a huge Castle Skull and a Snake Mountain that is, like, almost seven feet wide or something. It's insane. Um, they lost the license recently, but you know why they lost the license recently? Why? I'm asking. Because He-Man's coming back, baby. 
He-Man's with coming back. Kevin Smith at the helm. Yeah, not just Kevin Smith. He's doing, yeah, he's doing He-Man Origins, which is a new Netflix-based He-Man cartoon. There's going to be another He-Man cartoon as well. And to kind of usher that all off is Mattel has started putting out He-Man toys again that you can buy currently at Walmart, which, um, look, they're updated, but kind of have, again, play homage to the old style bodies, but with more articulation, modularness, and, um, you know, they're coming out with vehicles and the figures and all that stuff, so... Hopefully this time I'll be able to get all this stuff on the shelf and uh, pay for it myself versus finding it on the street and some other poor kid being asked out. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, and uh, I, 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 we're going to put all, all these, the pictures of all the, um, the He-Man toys we talked about on our Instagram account. Um, so mm-hmm. go check that out at the Pop Saga if you want to have a little visual aid uh, while you're listening along to this uh, podcast. But before we um, wrap things up, uh, John, we have one more uh, exciting surprise for the uh, the listeners. Let me see if I can get them on the phone. Um, beep boop <laughs> poop beep. Think you need to fix your phone, bro. Uh, hello? Hello? Uh, hello? Am I on? Uh, yes, you're on. You're on. <laughs> you fools! It's me, Skeletor! Oh, man, I thought you were in my Uber Eats. Uh, how you doing, Skeletor? Well, uh, listen, um, I'm also your Uber Eats. No, that's great. Uh, just leave it at the door. We still have the pandemic going on. Right, Uh, well, I, you know, I I have no lips or mouth, so, you know, I'm, it's not, well, well, uh, you got teeth and a throat. Well, that's true. We don't really know how those things connect. Uh, I just assumed assumed magic. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Uh, Of course. Magic. Listen. mm? Yep, yep, please go ahead. I was just going to ask you how's the weather in attorney? It's really hot here in California. I'm actually living in Antioch. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, things on attorney are not great for old Skeletor. Did you have to sell Snake Mountain or something like that? Mm, let's just say uh, I I got in with uh, one of the true villains, Bernie Madoff. Ah, say no more, say no more. Uh, I thought he was actually talking about a real pyramid that I could lure He-Man to, and then the... Uh, well, bonk that bumbling boob. <laughs> but it turned out to be a pyramid scheme. Uh, way more evil than Skeletor ever was. <laughs> I don't, I don't 
don't understand what's so funny. I've had hard times here. I'm skin and bones. Part of my tight five. Yeah, but Start you've doing got like, Yeah, but you got like abs of steel. Well, You're as buff as He Man. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's if pretty good asked you, for a dude with no face. Well, no offense. Let's just say that's what I still look like. If anyone asks you, tell them oh. I'm still buff. I mean, because uh, I am. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I get it now. Looking kind of anyway. like a man, huh? <laughs> Rate me five stars. Goodbye. <laughs> well, later. Wow. Hello. Wow. wow. Um, was... I should have thought of some questions for uh, Old Skeletor. Well, I mean, I just want to know more about his living situation. Like, if he's up in Antioch. <laughs> it's not well, sounding good. Know. I'm afraid for his life. It's Antioch. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, he got kicked out of uh, Eternia for just being okay. a dick for too long. And now Wait, he was do you in think he was kicked out of Eternia because of, like, j- just being a dick? Or did he start the Bertie Madoff shit before he left Eternia? I think, yeah, and that that's was... that's how powerful Bernie is over there. <laughs> well... <laughs> Pyramid scheme fucked his credit or some shit in Eternia. Oh, yeah, and no. He, it, his intergalactic credit is fucked. Like, he was like, I can't buy, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, keep my henchmen employed. No, yeah, like, no, know. they all left. They all, uh, they all joined He-Man's side, and, you know, it was, it's a sad situation, but, um, yeah. we'll leave that to the, the Kevin Smith cartoon to really expound on, um, I because I'm sure they'll address back. that. <laughs> like, hmm? I'm back, baby! Show business <laughs> for me! <laughs> yeah, he's definitely hoping that, uh, that, that's gonna relaunch the old career. I mean, you can't be wrong. Just don't tell him, but he's going to be voiced by someone else. <laughs> Uh-oh. He's like, I'm glad we hung up. you won't use my voice? What do you mean? I think, I think he was just, uh, he was just calling because he was, uh, he was dropping off your stuff, so. Um, uh, you know, you, uh, you, you make it work. Um... <laughs> <laughs> anymore <laughs> um but so uh, yeah go ahead what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna be like so does this make the halls of pop saga for you absolutely uh yeah. he-man was an incredibly important part of my uh, childhood growing up I love the cartoons. Uh, as we said on the He-Man movie episode, I didn't see that till till uh, much later in life, so that that held sort of a mythic quality. But um, I loved He-Man, and then conversely, just like you, I loved Conan and Beastmaster and Hercules: The, the Legendary Journeys. <laughs> like these are all, um, you know, spawning from the same uh, Frazetta primordial pool, but. And just it, it sort of uh, instilled in me uh, a love of that uh, barbarian um, fantasy. So, yeah. And I also think, I think you, you brought this up when we were talking about the movie, but I think when you look at the cartoons, maybe not so much the comic series that came packed with the toys, but 
in the cartoons the it was about a admittedly very buff and he-man looking prince adam um who liked to cook and who was you know all around a fairly uh sympathetic sympathetic and and uh um empathetic person um and then you know when he needed to fight off evil he would turn into this like uh this crazy muscle man but um i think that there is a there is an important lesson there for um uh any uh young person um that you know you need to be a fair and empathetic person um and you can also be strong but those two things are not uh, mutually exclusive as long as you have a magical power sword <laughs> so um uh anyway uh, yeah no of course it does for me um it 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 holds a uh, a lofty place in my uh my pop saga and pop culture pantheons and uh yeah it, it it deserves to be there it's no um it's not a coincidence that we did he-man the movie as our uh, first episode here here couldn't have said it better myself literally could not have said it better myself <laughs> due to more poor addiction <laughs> <laughs> oh you stop it um so yeah so any final words or shall we wrap things up uh yeah i think you said it very well and it it it's there and you know we're fortunate that we're able to sit here and reminisce on this stuff and um have it making a comeback so hopefully a new generation can also appreciate it the same way we appreciated it you know that's i think overall that's the big thing with not just nostalgia or you know in our case pop sagadom as we like to call it is that these stories are told and they get to live again and kids are able to make new stories with this being able to be inspired by he-man uh watch the you know from watching the cartoons to being able to play with the toys again and you know uh letting it live on and i think that's a that's a great thing so i'm really happy that it's yeah, it's back and it's here and you know it hasn't kind of gone away from the uh, cultural zeitgeist could not agree more um so i hope you've enjoyed our he-man toy line episode and we'll be back at you in the future with uh with with more he-man content we're going to talk about the original cartoon and then eventually when the netflix cartoon airs we're going to talk about that too um and as always i uh, hope you stay happy i hope you stay healthy and we'll be back at you next week with another deep dive into pop culture content that you've come to love both uh here in the united states and across the world to all our fans across the globe we wish you a uh what are the what the f- shit what are the fuck do they say in <laughs> what do they say good journey good journey, good journey. not we, we wish you not goodbye but uh good journey <laughs> you were asking what they said in estonia oh, God, <laughs> <fucking> no. bye <laughs> Pop 
saga, you know we keep it groovy We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies A couple of nerds, but got style, we so cool Pop culture, talking new and old school, yeah You should know we love hip-hop from the roots Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch We giving you what you want, it don't get no live Ain't no doubt we gotcha, this is Pop Saga, let's go Oh yeah, you heard right, this is a lifestyle Welcome to the nerd life, Pop Saga